This is Sounds Like Adventure, an actual play podcast all about fun roleplay, short runtimes, and great sound design. I'm your host and DM, Jack Trainer, and I'm joined by my co-hosts and players, Jacob Sirachi and China Venzel. Hey, welcome back. It's episode four of Sounds Like Adventure. Thanks for joining us once more. Now, in the last episode, you heard Otis and Seok go up against Mary Canary, the eccentric Aarakocra, in a crazy game of art identification. And in today's episode, we'll find out who the winner of that coveted favour is. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you a little bit more about ability checks. So we spoke about this a little bit last week, but today I want to specifically talk about successes. So now, when a player tries to do something and I call for a roll and then they beat the difficulty class, that doesn't mean they get to do exactly what they asked to do. In most instances, it's totally fine to do what they wanted to do, but in some instances, a player is going to ask to do something totally out of pocket, and I'll still call for a roll on those things. When that player succeeds on those rolls, they're not going to get to do something crazy, like, you know, pull the moon out of the sky or some nonsense like that. But what they will have is a success that in some way leads to some positive progress on the thing that they were trying to do. And that may be just the broader goal of their mission at the time. So this is going to happen in today's episode. So take a listen, see if you can pick it. But now you know all that, let's dive in to episode four of Sounds Like Adventure. So when we last joined you, you guys had just finished competing in this competition and Indifference Jones has just announced that he's going to start tallying up the points uh, and he's just gone away to do that. So what are you doing now, Otis? Otis, uh, speaking to uh, Siok, he actually, uh, ignoring the mind link, sort of walks over to Siok and, and starts uh, having a bit of a general chat, keeping it quiet, of course, um, says, brother, while the, while the math is done, should we... Should we scour the floor for any signs of the runic eye? You see that that last painting by by the Jackson Paolo had had some strange eyes on it. Um, is the painting still out, Jack? Yes. Okay. Um, can uh, Otis do an investigation on it to try and see if we can discern if there's any sort of lead to the runei? Yeah, sure. Give me uh, give me an investigation. Um, I'd say this is probably a pretty easy check because you know the iconography that you're looking for, so it's probably like a five that you're trying to beat here. That would be a whole of a 20. All right, yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know the runic iconography that the rune I use, and that's not really present here. Okay. All right, as you're doing this, um, Indifference walks back out uh, and he starts clapping. What a wonderful competition. Might I say, one of the best that we've ever had within this very location on this year in this day. (laughs) I've added up the results and we saw great success from both. Our friend, Mary Canary, usually the winner of these types of events, might I say, brought in a trademark great performance, scoring a total of 10 points. 
gets like a small smattering of applause from people in the who are watching this this strange event unfold. But the unexpected emergence of our friend Otis McCumbra, the art buyer who knows he's not going to buy any artwork because nothing is for sale, of course, is the winner with 14 points. Congratulations! Uh, Otis uh, takes a very small bow. Ah, it was it was well fought, Miss Canary. Indeed. And I would love to do it again sometime. Oh, you have no idea how much we will do it again. And as I said before, more than happy to lose to one such as Virile as you. <laughs> I just uh, <laughs> shudders a little bit. Um <laughs> She produces like a small napkin from like one of her robes and hands it to you. And uh, it's monogrammed uh, with a with a beautiful M and C on it for Mary Canary. Um, and she says, if you ever need to call on one such as I for a favor, just merely send this to my people and I will be more than happy to provide any favor that you would need. But for now... I must away from this place, but I leave you with one note. One thing I would like you to keep in mind while you are here within these wonderful halls, and that is about the menagerie. It's one of the most wonderful places. I cannot recommend more that you go and see it before you leave. I always go every year and it never loses the beauty. But one thing, I I just must mention this to you. I noticed this last time. On the floor in front of the main exhibit, which no doubt you will miss. It is impossible to miss when you enter. But on the floor, there is a small design of an eye. Not quite like any eye that I've ever seen before, might I add. It makes you wonder what one can see while within the menagerie. Um, Can Otis make an insight check to see if he thinks that Mary Canary knows anything of the Runei? Yeah, go for it. That's an 11. So with an 11, I think you... You're unsure. Up up until now, you've got the distinct impression that Mary Canary is just a real art lover. But this statement kind of throws you for a little bit of a loop and you're not totally sure how to interact with it. Otis mentally tells Seok to take note and then uh, to Mary Canary uh, says, till we, till, till we meet again, Miss Canary. And I I do so look forward to it. And meet again, we will, my good sir. And she, uh, she swirls her dresses and starts heading out. Yeah, after she leaves, (laughs) Otis turns to Siok with the handkerchief in hand and is like, brother, do you, do you know what she means by her people? Probably her house staff my guess 
valid point. Uh, tuck this away for safekeeping and um, gives it to him. <laughs> why, why do I get to take it? You've won it fair and square. You're the one who did not want to take part, so you can carry the goods. You know how it is. I put it somewhere and we'll never find it again. Mm. Good point, brother. And um, folds it up and, 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 and stows it away. And uh, Otis looks towards Mr. Jones and says, uh, Mr. Jones, may we have, uh, say, a few minutes just to, to admire the floor before we move on? Admire the floor. Now, that's a strange request, <laughs> but of course, your, it's your personalised tour. More than happy for you two. And Otis, Otis wants to, Otis says to Siok, he's like, I know she said there's an eye in the menagerie, but I mean, if there's one indication in this museum, there may be others. I think we should take a brief period to maybe scour the floor. And by floor, I don't mean actual floor. By floor, I mean this level of the building. Anyway. Th- thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> she said the eye is in the floor. <laughs> looking at the floor. <laughs> or, already pretty much scanned this room, yeah. but I also try to look for clues to win the competition. Yeah, so Otis wants to look around for anything that sort of stands out or anything that is um, is out of place um, on this this level of the the gallery. Yeah, sure. Um, go ahead. Uh, give me investigation, I think, to try and figure that one out. Okay. That's a 12. Yeah, so you don't spot anything that's necessarily like eye-related or rune-eye-related, but you hear there's people walking around and talking, like there's some pamphlets that have been handed out to the folks who are just on the general admission uh, doing their own tours, and there's lots of talk of the menagerie. People are interested in this idea, and it's obviously prominently featured in the in, in the pamphlets. Though what's in there, you guys still don't know. It's not really featured in the pamphlets. It's mostly um, about how even throughout the rest of the year, the people who are usually allowed to come into the museum aren't allowed to go into the menagerie. Yeah, uh, Otis uh, yeah, gestures to Mr. Jones and says, well, uh, lead the way, Mr. Jones. What's next on our exciting tour wonderful i'm glad you're enjoying the tour of the hall of electric curiosity all right so the next stop on our journey is up to you there is two locations to go to we can head straight forward through to the reflecting pool of course our challenging puzzle that is extremely exciting and nobody has solved yet would you like to know how often somebody solves that puzzle let me guess. By chance, once of- a year is how often they solve the puzzle. <laughs> that is quite impressive. Indeed, it is. Or we could go through to the dissertarium. I do enjoy a puzzle. Let's go to the pool, good sir. To the pool, it is. Um, and he starts leading you on the way to the reflecting pool. While, while, while we're strolling along, can um can I just do a bit of an insight check on uh, Mr. Jones to see if his strange behaviour is just Mr. Jones and or whether there is something else afoot? I want to suss him out as well. Okay, gets both both insight checks. 
that's a to- that's a total of a three. So I know everything about this man. At least I think I do. And uh, what is Seok roll? With my with my eight, I know almost triple as much. <laughs> Guys are pretty sure this guy's like an elite assassin of some kind based on how he's, he's behaved. You guys are watching this guy like a hawk. Yeah, Otis uh, to Siok over there, their mind link is, it, it says, Siok, do, do you think maybe he had something to do with the, the, the downfall of the Buddha? I'm getting vibes. All I have to say is you have to be more inconspicuous about you watching him. Because he's he's obviously watching us, and if he w- watches us watching him, and, and, and I get the feeling that he's good, very good. He's definitely got the stare down. So can I just confirm uh, above game if you just said inconspicuous? In- did you just say? Did you not know did you not notice before that when he rolled his psionic dice it was Sioknik? Oh, dice? I saw that. That was very cool. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. It felt like we needed to slow it down to draw attention to that. <laughs> I'm trying it. I'm trying, but it's so hard to pronounce in cons. Incon Siok US. Incon Siok US. Incon Siok US. Yeah, it's easy. That's simple. Uh, Incon Siok US. He's very Incon Siok US about it. So as you're heading out of the the collective um, to head up to the stairs to go um, up to where the uh, reflecting pool is. Um, he, he stops at the door and he, he turns and says to you, he goes, I must say once more, that was a fantastic contest that you competed against our friend, Mary Canary. I truly love the artwork that is in the Hall of Electric Curiosity, but might I also say, and he slows down and he turns around and he looks at you. The whole time he speaks, he has like an extremely huge, like uncomfortable smile on his face. He turns around very slowly, eyes super wide, and looks at you. And he says, if anything were to happen to the artwork, I don't know what I would do. I know what I would do. He slowly turns his head and looks at you. What's that? Have you ever heard of uh, an installation called the Concrete Slippers? I have. He looks at you very hard and says, I'm quite familiar with them. I think if someone were to harm some of my artwork, those boots would be incredibly heavy and I would help you put them on help me indeed Otis casts uh, mirror image uh, creating three illusory duplicates of myself 
in like a, a flourish of hands and says, I can assure you, Mr. Jones, we are more than capable of dealing with any harm that would come to the PM. And um, it spreads his hand as all these illusory copies appear. And then with the snap of his fingers, they all disappear. Smile, like the smile and the like eerie, uncomfortable, unblinking eye contact like doesn't break. And he says, ha ha ha, very humorous. And believe me, my capabilities are more than what you could imagine. And um, yeah, uh, Otis, Otis, um, like slyly uh, taps the side of his nose as he looks at Seahawks, uh, as in like, we already know that. <laughs> so you guys head out through one of the side doors out of the collective and you come into this sort of marble area. There is two staircases that are leading upstairs. So he leads you through up the stairs and around the corner and onto a balcony and it overlooks the inner garden of the museum. This area has no roof and the sun streams down into it. And looking down, you see a small, beautifully kept garden. Vines are climbing the walls with that same electric coloured flower and plants are growing all over them. And on the ground is a dry sand garden with hedges in an intricate pattern. And at the centre of the dry garden is a small pool of water that sits motionless, reflecting back at you guys like glass. And Indifference chimes in and says, Welcome to the Reflecting Pool, this year's brain-teasing challenge. There is a puzzle to be solved within this very room. And part of the puzzle is figuring out what the puzzle is. Good luck. Well, I guess it's up to the brothers to find out in the next episode. Hey, thanks for listening to episode four of Sounds Like Adventure. We are racing through season one because that's the halfway point right there. Only four more episodes for the rest of the season. And to make sure you don't miss any part of it, just make sure you subscribe to or follow the show on your podcast app. And if you want to show us a bit of extra love, a five-star review helps us so much and I would be eternally grateful. And don't forget, our giveaway is still going on over on our socials. So if you haven't entered yet, make sure you head over to soundslike.show, check out all the terms and conditions and get your entry in because there's only a few weeks left. So make sure you get your entry in and everything for the giveaway has started to arrive. And look, you got to enter and I got to get rid of this stuff because if it stays with me, it's going to be a problem. But hey, with all that in mind, I'll catch you next week on the next episode of Sounds Like Adventure.